Let's stand for the reading of God's Word and look at what God has to say to us today about our great Father, Provider. This is an exciting word, and I get the opportunity to share it from Genesis 22 and verse number 14. So Abraham called the place. This is where he had been with his son Isaac to offer him. He called the place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. And there's a great nugget in there, on the mountain of the Lord, which simply means when you climb the mountain, that was always the symbolic approach into God's presence. You climb to the mountaintop where his presence resided. When you step into the presence of God, he provides for us. Amen? So, Father, I thank you for truth, and I ask you, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Let me share with you for a few minutes about how our Father desires to be your source and your provider, loves helping his kids. See, there's a pattern in the Word of God that outlines how God provides. And we're going to see the character of God in this, his nature, what kind of a father that we serve, how he took care of his people in the past, how he provides for us even today. So remember this about the father. I am the Lord. I do not change. Everything around us changes, but not God, nor his truth, nor his word. I do not change. And there were four ways God revealed in his word as to how he provided for his people in the past. These are the same ways in which he still provides for us today. Be confident in and learn to trust your father. First of all, our father provides through the hand of others in your life. Our father provides through the hand of others in your life. Now watch, in Genesis 45, you find Joseph. He has been elevated to second in command of all of the Egyptian empire, the strongest force on the planet in its day. There's famine throughout the world, but in Egypt, because of Joseph's ability to interpret what God was saying, there is plenty in the land of Egypt. And Joseph's brothers come from Canaan, the promised land, show up looking to purchase food because they can't grow anything in the land in which they're residing. And here's what Joseph said to his brothers. God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. God provided through me for you. Joseph told his family, I will give you the best of the land of Egypt and you will eat the fat of the land. And God took good care of Joseph's family. Joseph was providing for his brothers who had done him some severe wrong. They thought about killing him, conspired to sell him into slavery. Listen, God will provide for you through the hands of others. And don't allow pride to interfere with how God provides for you. Don't determine who God can use or who you prefer he not use in your life. God used Pharaoh to provide for Joseph. Joseph was used to provide for his family and then Because of that, all of Israel. And as God provides for you, he will use others he brings into your life to bless you. Jesus Jesus put it like this. Give and and gifts will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will they pour into the pouch formed by 
the bosom of your robe and used as a bag, it'll overflow and spill out onto your lap. Your robe will become like a bag to hold it all. It will come from the hands of others. They will bless your life. They will give to you. But the first step is on us. God says to us, you give first. When you give, your father will make sure to send givers in your direction. Here's an old story that kind of makes this a little more applicable. There was a widow who didn't have a whole lot, and she would survive week to week pretty much. And some days it got pretty sparse. All she had to eat one day was PB&J. Does anybody not know what that is, PB&J? Anybody not know? Don't be ashamed. It's okay not know. We, Pastor Doug didn't know what that was, PB&J. Peanut butter and jelly. Okay, right? That's all she had. So she cried out to God, God, I'm, I'm hungry. Could you please send someone with a loaf of bread? And she prayed fervently, aloud, Father, please send me a loaf of bread. One of her neighbors heard her loud praying through his open window. He happened to be an atheist, and he didn't acknowledge God. He's tired of hearing this loud praying woman yelling to God, but in mercy, he decided, let me, let me quell this concern of hers. And he climbed up on her little roof and dropped a loaf of bread down her chimney. When the bread dropped into the fireplace, the widow started shouting thanksgiving. Hallelujah! God has provided me a loaf of bread for my PB&J. And the atheist neighbor heard her. said, man, nothing stops her. And he went to the door to rain on her parade. And she knocks on the door, and she opens the door, and he asks her, why are you making so much noise? And she responded, God has provided me a loaf of bread. And the atheist replied, ma'am, God didn't give you the loaf of bread. I heard you praying loudly, and I climbed up on your roof, and I dropped the loaf of bread down your chimney. God had nothing to do with it. Then she really began to shout. The atheist stopped her finally and said, hey, what is your problem? And the widow said, you don't understand. God gave me a loaf of bread, and he used the devil to deliver it. God will provide for you through the hand of others. And don't say it has to be this person or it has to be that person. They have to be a Christian or I won't receive it. No, they have to be a Pentecostal Christian. God can use anybody, anytime, anywhere to bless your life and to meet your needs. Remember this, God will not allow you to depend on any one individual for too long. Be careful of depending only on one individual. God wants us to understand that persons are being used to bring blessing to your life because God is orchestrating the circumstance in order to bring them to you to be a blessing to you. And God calls on them to pour onto your lap as a result of your planting of the seed in giving. That's what caused them to give is because somewhere you put God first and planted the seed, then God moved on somebody else to come and bless you back. That's how it works. But they are not your source. God is your source. And second, our Father provides for us by his own hand. After Joseph provided for his family for over 70 years, the word tells us there arose another Pharaoh. 
Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. So Joseph dies. There's a new king later. This guy doesn't know anything about Joseph. Evidently he didn't read the historical record. And he begins to persecute the Jews in Egypt. He cuts off their food supply. He enslaves them and makes them the slaves of the Egyptians. The hand of man that had provided for them has suddenly been cut off. And the link of provision is broken. Now they had to believe God was going to provide their resources. So he told them as they journeyed out into the desert wilderness, at twilight you shall eat meat, in the morning you'll be filled with bread, and you shall know I am the Lord, your God. In other words, I'm your provider. Moses said to them, this is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. I'm providing for you, God said. Manna fell from heaven for three million Jews every single morning. Father provided for them every day. There was just enough provision to meet their needs every single day. There was a day's supply for every household. Father, by his own hand, took care and fed his children. The father broke the link with the support that they were getting from the hand of man. He said, you've depended on the hand of man, but now I'm going to show you how I will provide for your needs. Not by the hand of man, but by my own hand. So if you've been dependent on the hand of someone who's been a blessing to you, even your employer's hand, if that source has been severed, don't be afraid and don't get stressed. Man's hand is not your source. Our father's hand is your source. The father will break the link with any other hand other than his hand. Because Jesus said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Without being connected with the Father, we do not produce fruit. And Paul described it. Because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men. You know where we got this phrase that's emblazoned on the back of all of our our money in God we trust is from this passage right here because we trust in the living God in God we trust we Americans need to remember that that it came from the hand of the Lord it's the motto out at Beale Air Force Base in God we trust All others we monitor. Okay? This is called forced dependency. And our egos recoil from this. Our old nature resists this, being dependent. Because we pride ourselves on being independent. So we strive to be so blessed that we only have to pray light little prayers because we don't want to have to too much depend on our Heavenly Father. But our Heavenly Father is not an American, and he's not into us being independent. He's not an American? No, he's not. He's a king. And he has a kingdom. And he has a structure. And it's not a democracy. He's not into being independent. Americans are independent. Our Father is not into that cultural concept. This is a man-made form of government 
blessed and inspired by God, but it's not his form. In his kingdom, our father is into dependency. Father is into us being more and more dependent and acknowledging our need of him in all that we endeavor. We are his children. We're not emancipated from him. Because if we are, that means we have alienated ourselves from him. We've broken the relationship by our own willing disobedience called sin. We broke the relationship. We want to be independent. Well, the Father will allow you to get into a place of transition and turn your life upside down and rock your boat when you become independent. But we desire a kingdom where we pray very light prayers. Everything falls into place just the way we want it. And God will interfere with that attitude that infects our lives so he can break that link so you move from the hand of man to the hand of the Father. I trust in God. The brook that watered Elijah in famine was the system. God was the source. The sent raven for a period of time was the system, but our Father was the source. The system may change, but your Father is still your source. The way the Father provides is through his own hand. Father provides that way. And when the Father provides... Sometimes this is our response. So the children of Israel saw the manna. They said to each other, what is this? What is it? It takes a while to learn the Father's ways. We don't come into the world knowing what those are. Some want to be instant successes. The truth, the Father has to position us so we become dependent on him in order that we learn his ways. Because listen to how his perspective is. For 40 years, I was grieved, he said, with that generation and said, it is a people who go astray in their own hearts. They were independent. We're going to do what we want because this is how we see it. And they do not know my ways. That's what happens when you take this independent attitude. You don't know his ways. We become headstrong. No one's going to tell me what to do. We get used to getting things our way using our own sources, then the Father steps in and says, I'll reposition your posture. And if you will trust me and obey me in the middle of this transitional time, I'll bless you even more. But you're going to have to rely on me. We want to carve out our own security and our own success path, and then the job ends or the career gets a setback, and we panic because we haven't learned to trust the Father as he intended, we learn to trust him. See, when the father set manna, it says that if you had a household of two, he would send two quarts daily per person to the door of your house. The house next door might have had six people dwelling. The father increased the amount of the manna drop for that house proportionately. It wasn't equal amounts. You received according to how many were in your house. The father provided exactly what each household needed. And they couldn't store it. They needed it to be dependent on the Father for provision every single day. They couldn't go hoard it. They couldn't go store it. It wouldn't keep overnight. God intended that they had to come back in dependence upon him every day. Because when the cloud of his presence would move, it was a signal they needed to pick up their stakes and move too. It wasn't they were super spiritual when they did this, but they understood if we don't remain under his cloud, 
we don't have any provision tomorrow. Gets real practical, doesn't it? The Father says, I will give you daily bread from heaven. It's in the Lord's prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. But I don't give equal amounts, he says, to everybody. He says, I give, I give to prosper you according to the size of your assignment. If your assignment is two people, he'll give you enough for the two people. If your assignment is six people, he'll give you enough for the six people. The assignment of Calvary Christian Center at one time was about 100 people. And the Father gave enough for us to care for 100 people. But the assignment is larger today. So we expect our Father to give us according to our current assignment. Like the missionary that we had here several weeks ago who stood up on a Sunday night and told us for 30 plus years, uh, since the day I became a missionary, your church has supported me and never missed a month. But since that time, 30 some years ago, we have continued to expand the amount of missionaries that we support from month to month. And God has given us the proportionate increase so that we can meet their needs. The Father says, I give you my provision according to the size of your assignment. If you're faithful with what I give you when I give it to you, then I will increase you more and more. So if we do what he asks with what he gives us at that moment, God expands for us and promotes by the hand of your father. Ask Daniel. Daniel, for, for 70 years, from the time he was 15 to the time he was 85, prayed three times a day. That young man held captive in a foreign country, anti-God of all kinds of demon gods in Babylonian empire. And this young man at 15 was already praying three times a day and never stopped, even though he kept getting promoted because in his prayer time, he was hearing from God and answering exactly what he had to answer before the king. And time after time, he's promoted until he's the highest, second highest guy in all the Babylonian empire. Okay? He's getting promoted because he's taking what God gave him now and he keeps using it and God keeps blessing and promoting him. And he couldn't get any busier than Daniel. I don't have time. Daniel didn't have time. But in, through 70 years, he's still praying three times a day with his windows open so people can hear him. Wow. So if man's hand is no longer blessing you, the hand of your father will bless and promote you. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But stop that rocket launching before you start cheering on that verse. Go back to the context and back up to whom Paul was speaking to. Paul said, when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Not that I'm looking for a gift, but I'm looking for what may be credited to your account. In other words, not about me getting the gift. It's about you learning how to give so that God can continue to fill your account more and more and more on the basis of their support of Paul. He said, therefore, my God will supply all your needs according to his riches. The Father promises if you are a giver, if you are generous with the work of God and with his kingdom, he will supply for you. I'll supply all your needs according to my riches in glory. Then third, our Father provides by the hand of others. Our Father provides by his own hand. Number three, our Father provides by your own hand. Hmm. In Joshua 5, it's recorded 
that they entered the promised land, and as they entered, the manna that fell from heaven every day, which was angel food that God prepared just for them for four decades out in the desert. Listen, it stopped. On the day they entered the promised land, turned it off. They were now out of the wilderness. It's time to panic. 40 years of everyday supply, and now there's no food on the ground when we get up in the morning. The father said, I'm repositioning you. I'm getting you ready for promotion. But you want everything to stay the same. You just want to hang in here and get it handed to you every day. And that's not the way my kingdom works. You're going to continue to grow. You're going to continue to expand. You would have never left that other company. But I know that I was doing the right thing in helping you by directing your steps to be employed by this other company. Because if you trust me, if you will put me first in your life in every area, I will lead you from faith to faith, from glory to glory, victory after victory. I will bless you more and more and more. I will increase you more and more. God is continuously desirous of us growing. Just like you as a parent, you are desirous to watch your children grow and mature and develop and learn and continue to learn. Father says, now I'm about to move you from the hand of others and move you out of my hand, the miracle after miracle, day after day I gave you, and now you will not need to live off the miracle every single day. I will bless you from your own hands. The manna ceased, and the Father is about to transition his people into a land of provision, a land flowing with milk and honey. The land which you go to possess is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come where you sowed your seed and watered it by foot. What's he talking about here? This is the land in which they barely got by. They were slaves. They barely got to eat every day. Now the father is taking them from the land of foot pumps to a land flowing. It was the way they irrigated. The slaves used foot pumps to draw water out of the Nile to irrigate and cultivate what they were trying to grow in their crops. And they had to use foot pumps in order to get the water to irrigate the crops. He said, I'm moving you out of that. The land of barely getting by to a land of great provision. He said, here's what it's going to look like. The land which you cross over to possess is a land of hills and valleys, which drinks water from the rain of heaven. I will pour down water on you. You will no longer have to use foot pumps to irrigate your crops. I will water them for you. The goodness of the Lord is about to flow into your life. And whether you're in the valley or you're on the mountain, throughout the year, he says, I'm going to take care of you. A land for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. Now that passage will preach. If you don't think God still has a plan for Israel, read that and look at what God's saying right there about that land. So when you have an Egyptian slave mentality, you're always praying SOS prayers financially. God help us. God, we're in a financial crisis. Praying 911 prayers. Oh my gosh, help us, Lord. Coming out of one crisis, heading into another crisis. And God says, I want you to grow to the place where you walk in the divine flow of my blessings. How do I do that? No longer operating the foot pump for survival. I want you to dwell in the land that flows with milk and honey. And there's no shame to have been 
dwelt in past slavery. But you've been delivered from that slavery. And now God's planted you in his church. And he's building you by faith through his word, entering into your spirit, telling you there's a better way to live. There's a better life for you. You might be on the foot pump right now. God's plan for you is that you are in the land of promise, a land flowing with milk and honey. There he will bless you because he's no respecter of persons. And the manner has ceased. But now this season requires of you that you sow. This season requires that you sow. This new season will require you to work the field. Up until now, you've either lived off the hand of man. God says, or if you've lived off of my hand of provision, now I'm ready to bless the giftings I put in you. And I'm ready for you to excel as your gift starts making room for you. And you will flow in the gifts and abilities I gave you. And I will bless the work of your hand. The Father wants more for you than praying emergency financial prayers. Rather, blessing begins to flow into your life by his provision. Father equips you with the ability so he won't do it for you every day. The man has ceased and he said, I'm not sending you any more of that. Okay, I'm done with that. If you want to harvest, you begin sowing. If you want to harvest, you need to work. You need to grow up. And there I will meet your needs because we expect our children to grow and to find careers and to become productive. And so does God. Put your gifts to work. Do something. And if you will, I will bless you through your own hands. See, we have abilities in us we don't even know that are there until the Father allows us to be challenged and then we have to pull them out. And we dig them out. And all of a sudden now we have ability to do stuff we didn't know we could do. Number four, remember, he blesses the skill sets that he gives you. Number four, our Father will provide for you by the hand of your enemies. (laughs) Pastor, seriously? By the hand of my enemies? Yep. Twelve were sent into the promised land to spy it out, do recon. Ten of them returned saying, the giants are too big. Two returned, they said, Joshua and Caleb. Our God is able. And someone brought up the giants again in front of of Joshua and and Caleb, and and they said, they are bread for us. Those aren't adversaries that will destroy us. They're nothing but bread for us. Father will provide for us through our enemies. Father will feed you through the hand of the enemy. You'll grow to the place where you feed off of the attacks that the enemy uses against you. Instead of collapsing under the attack, oh God, what am I going to do? You become more steadfast in the middle of the attack. Okay, Father, here they come again. Your grace is sufficient. With your help, I can do all things. This enemy will go down. And rather than groaning, you are now growing in the Lord. Satanic attack is actually a sign you become a high-value target. That's who you are in God's kingdom. When the enemy targets you and your family, it indicates that you are of great value to the Father's kingdom. An HVT, a high-value target. When bin Laden was finally taken down, he had been a high-value target for our military. 
and for our CIA and for a few other entities that were out looking for him. They had over 3,000 people trying to investigate where in the world he was and to be sure that that compound in Pakistan was where he was when they found him. Devils have noticed you and your family. They've noticed those who lead worship on this platform. They've noticed those who put in their time and give their talent and their treasure, and they give honor to God. They have noticed what you do. But the curse has been broken, listen to me, and the blood of Jesus has covered you. But the enemy has noticed that you are now a high-value target, and the devil will not celebrate your freedom. He wants you taken down. So when you come under attack, it means this. You are valuable to the Father in your assignment. And the level of blessing waiting for you when you overcome in the middle of an attack is greater than you can imagine. That's why the enemy attacks you. The Father will use the hand of your enemy to promote you. The adversary of Jehovah God was the Babylonian Empire Yet God used that enemy to promote Daniel to the greatest position of power other than the king himself throughout the empire. Ask Joseph. Egypt was an adversary of the Israeli, yet God used the Pharaoh to promote a kid who was down in the prison dungeon all the way to the second in command in the palace over all of the economy of Egypt. God promotes you when you honor him. It's possible that the one who attacked you, God will bless you in spite of them. A woman went for a hike into the foothills with her toddler. So they drove out to the foothills from their house. And on the way out, the child fell asleep in the back seat of the car and they arrived at their destination to the hiking trailhead. And it was a relatively easy one, knowing she'd have a toddler with her. It wasn't going to be too difficult. It would be easy for the two of them to take a short hike and enjoy the summer day. But as the mother exited the car, she accidentally locked her keys in the car with the young toddler in the back. It was a summer day, and the temperature was starting to rise, and the mother was panicky. She was really upset. She couldn't get to her child locked in the car. She had no way of getting into that vehicle. And they were out in the middle of nowhere and seemingly alone and wondering how in the world am I going to rescue my child out of the back seat of this car. So she drops to her knees and she's crying out to the Lord, help me, Lord, give me, give me a word, give me some way to get into this vehicle so I can rescue my daughter out of this car. And just about that time she was praying and really panicked. A big old Harley rider drives up. You can hear him coming as only a Harley sound can make. And he comes roaring in, pulls up beside this car. He looked like a gang member. He's in his leathers. He's got colors. He's tatted down his arms as from, his, from his vest. And, I mean, he looks the part, right? Now, I don't have any tattoos. It's okay. Some of you do, and that's fine. Because I wouldn't put a bumper sticker on a Lamborghini anyway. <laughs> not going to happen. So. So. Just don't do that. The heritage of the Lamborghini, you don't do that, right? So the dude walks up 
to the little lady who's in tears and she's busted up. And, and he asks, what's your problem? And she just panics and says, my child, my daughter's locked in the vehicle. And I locked my keys inside the car and I can't get her out. He said, that's not a problem, not a problem. So he strolls back to his Harley, digs into the saddlebags and he pulls out a, a clothes hanger wire. And he walks back over to the vehicle and he twists it a little bit and drops it in and he pops the lock. And it's just a matter of seconds and the little girl's back in her mother's arms and the mother's crying now. She's just exhilarated and thankful and she thanks this man profusely. You're a wonderful man. Thank you for doing this for us. God bless you for what you've done. He said, I'm not a wonderful man. I just got out of prison last week. And she asks, what did you do? Grand Theft Auto. (laughs) Father can use anyone, anywhere, anytime, including those you think can't bless you. Father can send blessing through the hand of your enemies. Do you believe your father's in control? Then thank him. Amen. Thank him. God says your need is small compared to my excellent greatness. That's my father. Excellent greatness. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower, that's my God, and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown. Father doesn't multiply the seed. He multiplies the seed you have sown. Read it. Multiply the seed you have sown. Well, do you no good to hoard your seed? And some people do that. They just take everything they get and they just keep hoarding. It's not going to grow. It's not going to get the blessing that you wanted it to have. God will supply the seed and you can eat the seed. You can hold the seed going to get this out of me or you can sow the seed he only multiplies the seed you have sown and here's the result of when you sow the seed he has supplied you with this is the rest of the passage in its context that will increase the fruits of your righteousness the seed you've sown increase the fruits of your right in other words you're standing with the Lord continues to increase while you are enriched in everything for all liberality for you being generous like God is generous God's not stingy God's very liberal with his giving which causes thanksgiving through us to God for the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God So when you sow your seed, you become a blessing to many. And in turn, they offer thanksgiving to God, the Father. Seed sown glorifies the Father. The power of taking what's in my hand and giving it to the Father. And then he multiplies the seed to grow because I've sown it. And now it continues to multiply. I am liberally blessed and I give thanks back to God because he's provided more and more. And as I sow, the Father multiplies the seed that I've sown. And it not only provides for me and my family, it takes care of a bunch of others as well. They're blessed, and they are free, 
and then they are fed until Father gets them into the land flowing with milk and honey so they can join also into the promises of God and learn, in turn, how to sow. So they become a blessing. They have thanksgiving in their hearts to the Father, but because of what you did, they give glory to the Father. Jesus put it like this, let your works be so seen by men that they will glorify the Father in heaven. Amen? And so you are thankful you gain a spiritual heartburn for souls and realize there are families all through the three counties around us who don't know us and they don't know the God we serve. But if we become sowers of our time and our treasure and our talent, if we continue to sow with what God has given us this time next year, if we will do what God asks, those same people who don't know us or our God will be born again, will be filled with the Spirit, their marriages will be restored. Their families will be pulled back together because people like you obeyed the Lord and took the seed he gave you and you sowed it. And until we learn to do that, we'll never see the blessing of God until we learn to sow. We're in the milk of, land of milk and honey and God expects us to toil in that land and turn that soil and put the seed he gives us into that good soil. And he said, I'll water it. I'll bless it. And I'll give you the increase. Amen? So say with me, blessed and favored as our Father provides for his own by the hand of others, by his own hand, by my own hand, and by the hand of my enemies. Are you thankful? That's how God provides for you. Stand to your feet and thank him, everybody. Come on. Stand to your feet and thank him.